it ties into what I preached about this morning. Possibly one of the biggest, if not one of the biggest, the biggest, if not one of the biggest problems in society today when it comes to the things of God and receiving the gospel is everybody believes that they are okay. They look at their track record and come to the conclusion that God will cut them a break because they are a pretty good person. Self-righteousness is, is, is an epidemic among us. If you ask anybody on the street, most, if not all, would probably tell you that they are probably a pretty good person. Self-righteousness is something that the Bible declares, and I, I, I won't get into everything I did this morning, but the Bible lets us know that our own righteousness is as filthy rags before the Lord. That's what the Lord thinks of our righteousness. It does not even begin to compare to his righteousness. Our, our good deeds do not even begin to compare to his holiness and his righteousness. If I'm going to be saved, it's because he has imparted his righteousness into me. It's because he has given me his righteousness. It's because he has covered me with his blood. It's because he has filled me with his spirit. It's nothing that I can do by myself that will impress God to the point where he will bend the rules for me. But God at the same time is desiring and, and desperate to fill people with his spirit. He, he wants people to receive the Holy Ghost more than we want them to receive the Holy Ghost. God wants to pour out a harvest and give a, a, a his church a harvest more than we want him to, to pour out and to give his church a harvest. I, I realize that I'm in the company of people who desire God to do a great work and who desire for the Lord to pour out his spirit in a powerful way, but I, I want to assure us tonight that God wants to do it more than we want him to do it. God is desiring to pour out his spirit upon our city more than we desire for him to do it. The thing is, is what we have just done is we have tapped into his spirit and tapped into his desire. The desire that you have to be used of God, the desire that you have to see God do a great work that was not acquired by yourself. What you have done is you have merely tapped into the burden of the Lord and what you feel is not something that you have by yourself but what you have has been imparted to you by the Holy Ghost. Praise God. God wants to give us revival. He wants to give us a harvest of souls that are lost and are undone without God that are dying in their sins, that are sinking in their sins. He wants to give people a revelation of the fact that they are lost, and if he does not save them, they are going to die and go to hell and spend eternity in torment without God. God wants to give people that revelation as well because I firmly believe that when somebody receives a supernatural revelation that if they do not... Uh, 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 that 
that if they are not saved, that, that, that if they die lost, that they will go to hell without God. If they, if they will come upon that revelation, then it will not be a difficult thing for them to obey the word of God and do what the Lord is commanding them to do. It will not be a difficult thing for somebody to come to an altar of repentance and repent of every sin they've ever committed when they come to the revelation that if they die lost, they are going to spend eternity without God. We are guilty of trying to get people saved that have no comprehension of the fact that they are lost. You cannot convince somebody intellectually, even with Scripture, what they need to do to be saved if they do not have a revelation that they are lost. I'm convinced the fact that someone is lost and that they know they are lost is in itself a supernatural revelation. The Lord has to open your eyes. The, the, the blindness has to be wiped away from your eyes for you to see what really is taking place in your own spirit and in your own life. And when somebody comes to the conclusion and when there is revelation uh, 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 taking place in their life, they then realize that if, if Jesus doesn't save me, I'm going to die lost. That is somebody who will come to an altar of repentance and say, Jesus, you've got to save me. God wants to give us unprecedented apostolic revival and harvest. I'm going to tell you the glory of God is going to be resident in this congregation and in this church. Uh, what, what, what God is going to do and is, is doing is going to continue and he's going to complete the work that he has started. Is there go, is going to be such power and such glory that is resident in this congregation, that is resident in this house, that it is life changing. I, I, I still believe, I know we're into the middle of March, but if, if there's any time uh, uh, that is time for revival, now is the time for revival. Every time we come to the house of God, we've got to expect God to do something something in my life and I've got to expect to see God do something in other somebody else's life. I'm not coming to the house of God to pass the time, but I'm coming here to have revival. Does anybody desire a true move of the Spirit of God? If you do, why don't you clap your hands like you desire God to do something fresh and great in your life? Hallelujah! 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 Praise God! God wants to do it. We read in the book of Acts and we find through the reading of the book of Acts it is God's pattern for the church. It is not just some history that takes place uh, between John and Romans but it is God's uh, uh, pattern for his church. It's what his church looks like. We can read in the book of Acts and the reason we have the book of Acts is because God wanted to give us a literal example of what his church looks like in action. It, it would not have been fair to us for, uh, for Jesus to preach through the Gospels and then jump right to the book of Romans without showing us an example of what his church actually looks like. So there is the book of Acts that is sandwiched between the Gospels and the teaching in Romans and it is to give us a biblical example to see what his church looks like. Not my church, not your church, but what his church looks like. 
looks like. He gives us the example of what revival and what harvest looks like. He gives us the literal example of what his church looks like when people are full of the Holy Ghost and they and they desire for God to use them. When they are full of a spirit of revival and harvest, the Lord working with them to do miracles and signs and wonders. It is early on in the book of Acts that we see as the Holy Ghost is poured out in Acts chapter number 2. They begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Then as the, as, as chapter 2 goes on, Peter stands up and begins to preach the first message uh, uh, and, and begins to preach to them. And, and the Bible says they are pricked in their heart and they said unto Peter and the rest of the, of the disciples, uh, uh, men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter gives them the answer to the greatest question anybody can ask. I know we all believe this and we can all quote it and we know that it is the book of Acts. We know that it is the pattern. It is the salvation plan fulfilled from what Jesus talked about all through the gospels. Peter begins to preach. He was not preaching false doctrine. We understand this. It is the fulfillment of John chapter 3. We believe this but there are things in the book of Acts that we have failed to really grasp a hold of and I and I believe and all of us, everybody included, if we do not realize some of the other things that are there, we can miss what God is wanting to do and we can frustrate our faith. What, what we're going to do tonight when I'm done preaching, we're going to end tonight in a prayer meeting. And we're going to begin to do this, not just tonight, but what we're going to do is we're going to begin to pray this on a regular basis. When you look at who Cornelius was and all of his qualifications, the Bible says he is a devout man. He was a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Cornelius was a would set on a church board just about of any church in America according to his qualifications here. Cornelius has his stuff together. But I, I think there's something about him that we may not have quite realized and, and, and the, the, the chain of events that transpired here. What If we are going to have apostolic revival, if we're going to have what God has planned for us, if we're going to truly step into every dream and every vision and all the things that God has given this congregation, if we're going to step in it and begin to walk in it, I promise you, there is no way that we are going to do it by ourselves. There is going to have to be a supernatural intervention of the angels of the Lord. There's going to have to be a moving of the Spirit of God that begins to happen on an unprecedented level, on an unprecedented level. And I believe uh, with all of the faith that we have uh, in, in quoting Acts 2.38, we can quote it and we believe it. We know that if somebody repents of their sins, all you've got to do is lift your hands and open your mouth and God can baptize you with the Holy Ghost and you can begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you utterance. We understand it. We know it. We believe it. We live it. But Cornelius is a little bit different. He's already religious. He's already a believer. He prays. Not only does he pray, but he guides his household in it. 
He is a financial giver. He is devout. That means he's faithful. Cornelius has all of his stuff together. So what has to happen in the heart of Cornelius is something just beyond somebody coming to him and saying, let me give you a Bible study. Let me tell you why what you're believing is wrong and what I believe is right. The, 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 the stakes are much higher in the heart in the life of Cornelius because he is already a religious individual. So the Lord, knowing his hunger and seeing his heart and seeing the entire situation, looks down at Cornelius and says, okay, it is my will for him to be saved. I know that he is hungry, and I know that he's thirsty after the right thing, but in order for him to be converted, in order for him to hear the word of the Lord, I'm going to to have to send an angel to him that begins to tell him what to do. For Cornelius it was different. You see Cornelius was a religious man and it's probably quite possible matter of fact because an angel showed up to talk to him it is actually more than likely that if Peter would have went to him he would not have received the words of Peter. How many people have you talked to that are religious? And no matter how you intellectually open up the word of God and say, here is this. It is plain as day. There was nobody that was ever baptized in the titles. Never happened. There was nobody that ever said, I accept Christ as my personal Savior. Never happened. And, and you can tell people that and show them in their Bible. And it's like they don't see it. Because they've been raised a certain way. They've believed a certain thing for so long. And what is going to have to happen, there are so many people that have lived their lives religiously. That have lived their lives according to a certain even moral code. That they look in the mirror and they view themselves as okay. And if you or I were to go to them and bring them the word of the Lord, they probably would not receive it. As a matter of fact, they more than likely would not receive it. This is Cornelius. Cornelius has not only been living uh, to the best of his ability he was he was so effective that he led his entire household this is by our definition a good man but God wanted to he wanted to bring him along and so in order for this to take place God had to begin to do things that were beyond just beyond just Peter going and telling him about the word of God and telling him what he ought to do but rather the Lord sent an angel unto him in a vision and told him you need to send for a man named Peter. He will tell you what you've got to do to be saved. Cornelius was not saved yet. He had not, he had not completed the plan of salvation. He had not obeyed the commandments of God yet, but God saw the, 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 the sincerity of his heart. God saw the hunger in his spirit and said, I want to save him. And the Bible lets us know that the angel of the Lord came to him and it was a supernatural intervention to where we know the Bible says that he was afraid when he began to look at the angel it startled him and the angel told him you've got to find a man named Peter he will tell you what you've got to do if somebody walked in the, in the back door said I'm here because I was reading in the Bible that I have to receive the Holy Ghost and I received the Holy Ghost right in my home we would look at that and say man that's awesome but if somebody walked in the back door and said to us, I'm here today because an angel appeared to me and told me that you have something to tell me, we would probably be like, hey, it's, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, 
uh, you know, he's talking about seeing angels. See, that's the problem is the book of Acts is the pattern. And while we believe Acts 2.38 all the way to the core, to we, will t- we, will t- we will literally look somebody in the face and we have so much faith and belief in the word of God that we would look a complete stranger in the face and say, if you repent of your sins, did you know that you can lift your hands, open your mouth, and God will baptize you with the Holy Ghost? You'll begin to speak in a language you've never spoken before, and that is the utterance of the Spirit of God. It's, it's, it's very simple. We believe it and we know it because we've practiced it. But I, 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 I don't think we are quite as full of faith when it comes to the ministry of angels and just how much God wants to minister to people and begin to speak to them. God doesn't only speak to us. We're not the only ones God's wanting to talk to. No, 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 no. We've, we've, got to, we've got to start believing that God is beginning to talk to people and, and, and the Lord is going to align your steps with them and when you get to them, you're going to be ready to tell them what they need to do to be saved. And the reason God is, man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. The reason God is talking to them is because they are truly hungry. But the thing is, is Satan gets us so wrapped up in what we don't know and how much, how many scriptures we we haven't memorized yet and he gets us all fouled up thinking that we can't do anything for the kingdom of God and we start to think that it is up to me completely up to me to win somebody or completely up to me for me to teach a Bible study when God is saying if you look at the pattern of the New Testament if you look at the pattern of the book of Acts God began to send out angels to begin to minister to people long before the people of God got to them We got to get to the place where people show up or you, you run into somebody and they said, God gave me a dream last night and your face was in that dream. Where people show up here in the house of the Lord and say, I don't really know why I'm here, but, but, I, but that something appeared to me. And if we start acting like and thinking that stuff is weird, we're going to, man, I, we're going to miss the book of Acts if we start actually think, if we start thinking the things that happen in the book of Acts are weird. If we start thinking it's weird for somebody to show up and say, there was an angel of the Lord that appeared to me. The first thing that we should say is, I believe it and God's got something for you. The Lord has sent me here to tell you what you ought to do to be saved. We cannot do this without the working of the supernatural. We cannot do this without the ministry of angels. We cannot reap a miraculous harvest without God going forth and beginning to speak to people and to minister to people long before I get there. But God is going to begin to prepare the way. Oh, yes, we're going to begin to pray that the same angel that went to Cornelius is going to be loosed in this city and that that angel is going to begin to go and minister to people. And however way or fashion or however it ends up, that the the angels of the Lord are going to begin to move and minister in the city. They're going to begin to move on people on your job. And you're going to notice unusual open doors because there's been the angel of the Lord that was sent by God because they're hungry hungry for God because they're hungry for something fresh. They've been doing the same old thing forever and it's gotten them nowhere but the Lord is going to begin to send the angel of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. There are going to be people that approach you that, that in your flesh they might tell you something that sounds a little bit weird. But if you, if you pattern it after the book of Acts, we're going to see that God is going to begin to do miraculous things on just on a whole nother level. We're not going to just believe Acts 2.38, but we're going to believe Acts chapter 10, that the, that the ministry of angels is going to begin to happening. Oh, yes, there's going to be people that show up or the people that you run into that say, I had a vision. And when naturally when somebody says, I had a vision, we automatically, well, really, you, you had a vision. Are you sure about that? We, we've got to get rid of all bit, uh, every bit of doubt. We've got to throw doubt out of the window. If we're going to have Book of Acts harvest, then we've got to relinquish all of our preconceived notions of how God is going to do it. You see, when God begins to pour out his spirit, there's not anybody that's going to be able to get the credit. You're not going to be able to look and say, well, I did this, well, I did that. No, when God is moving, it's going to be absolutely, uh, 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 we're going to absolutely know that it is God doing it everywhere that it's happening. There are going to be people that are hungry for God, that the, that the angel of the Lord is going to go to them. And the reason why is because just like Cornelius, he more than likely would not have received the words of Peter had Peter come to him or had he crossed paths with Peter without there being a supernatural intervention of the angel of the Lord. But God wants us to have a harvest more than we want to have a harvest. But the thing is, is if we're going to have God's revival, God is going to do it his way. He's not going to do it my way. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it according to how my flesh thinks it's going to be done or how my brain thinks it's going to happen or it should happen. But what God wants to do is to begin to work in a way that he gets the glory and he gets the honor. And when people that are hungry for the moving of the spirit of God, they, they, they come and, and, and they're hungry for God. God, and God is moving in their life and there is, it is clear that the voice of God has been speaking to them when somebody comes to you and says God has been speaking to me as one as apostolic people we better not shut them down and just say well I don't know if that was a voice of God or not no we ought to perk our ears up and say okay what is God saying because it may be an opportunity that God has led you to them because you've got the words that they need to hear God is going to help us to bridge the religious gap in our world. Oh yes, there are people that are in walking in false doctrine that are doing the very best that they know, but they're walking in darkness. They're walking in blindness and God wants to remove the scales off of their eyes just like the Lord did for Saul on his way to Damascus. The Bible says that there was a light that shined out of heaven and it knocked him off of the beast that he was riding on and he began to say, Lord, who art thou? And the voice from heaven said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It took a supernatural intervention for him to understand what Jesus was saying to him because the Bible says that next Ananias was, was spoken to by the Spirit of God to go to him that he might receive the Holy Ghost. And when the story was over, Saul of Tarsus was baptized in Jesus' name and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. But it wasn't just done by somebody in their flesh and of their own efforts. No, the Lord intervened and he turned the light bulb on and 
in their life and he began to speak to him. I'm talking about God beginning to speak to people on your job and God beginning to speak to people in this city and they're going to come to you and they're going to say God's talking to me. There was something that appeared to me and I can't explain it. I had a dream last night and the Lord said you've got something to tell me. I'm talking about not just believing the doctrine of the book of Acts but believing what actually took place in the harvest and the revival. There's got to be people that come to the place where they need Jesus to save them. Yeah. Righteous people. Self-righteous people. People that are doing their religious tradition. They've been doing it for so long and it is so entrenched in their family and it is so entrenched in their life that one conversation with a person isn't going to cut it and we've got to have the angels of the Lord going before us. We've got to have the spirit of the Lord moving on people. We, we, we can't have an end time harvest with, with man-made efforts and, 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 and arguing and debating scripture that never has produced anything but let the spirit of God start moving on some body let the spirit of the Lord begin to move on let the angels of the Lord go to their home and go to their residence and begin to talk to them and let there be supernatural uh, a revelation that begins to happen in their life and when they're open and ready to receive what God has for them it's not going to be a struggle and it's not going to be a, a debating scripture all it's going to be is you need to receive the Holy Ghost and you need to be baptized in Jesus name that's why God brought you to me so you can hear the plan of salvation so you can hear what he has for you I believe everybody in the room just about has somebody in their life somebody in their family that, that knows what you believe but there's blindness all around them that knows that you uh, uh, about the Acts 2 they even know about Acts 2.38 salvation but there's still blinders on their eyes there's still deafness on their ears they will not hear the word of the Lord and they do not see and have revelation for what God has for them they do not have revelation that they are lost and they will spend eternity in hell oh but let the angel of the Lord begin to move upon them let there be a loosening of God's angels in their life let the voice of God begin to talk to them and break down every barrier and that's somebody that will come to a place of repentance and surrender to the things of God I wonder if somebody can lift your hands for a moment and love God together hallelujah Hallelujah. Biblical debates are one of the most sad and fleshly things that we can do. Biblical debates are what it's almost it's almost frustrating to God. I believe it is for somebody to begin to debate Scripture because one they're not seeing it, and two we're not seeing that it it is is not making a difference in somebody's life. It does no good to beat the the Word of God over somebody's head and let them know how wrong they are and how right we are. That's not what God wants us to do. But God wants to go before us. He wants to pave the way before us so that all we've got to do is simply tell them what the word of God says. It is not the will of God, nor will God ever send us to somebody to debate with them and squabble and fight with scripture. That's not what God is looking for. He's looking for hearts that are hungry. He's looking for hearts that are ready to receive. He's looking for hearts that want what God has for them. So we've got to begin to pray. 
The Bible says, and I'm wrapping this thing up here in just a minute. The Bible says to take no thought what we shall say. Now, I'm paraphrasing. The Lord told his disciples this. Don't even think about what you're going to say. You don't have to have some big speech prepared for what you're going to say. Because what God wants to do is he wants to make it so incredibly easy that all you've got to do is just simply tell them. But I believe that we have, we have, we have argued with people because we want them to be saved when they don't even realize they're lost. But the angel of the Lord told Cornelius, send for a man named Peter. He's going to come from Joppa and he's going to tell you what you ought to do. Chapter 11, the way it phrases it in chapter 11, he's going to tell you what you ought to do to be saved. So the angel of the Lord is, is already crossing that bridge and letting him know everything you're doing is good. It has got the attention of God, but there's no salvation in it. And there's so many people that are doing good works. They're doing good deeds. They're doing everything they know to do that is good. And it's getting the attention of God. It's just the fact that there's no salvation in those good deeds and good works. And God wants to bring them beyond and bring them beyond, bring them beyond their good deeds and their good works and their own righteousness and their own uh, devotion to God. And he wants to bring them into a place of fulfillment of salvation. And he wants to save them. So what we have got to pray as a church, and we do this to some degree, we pray that the angels of the Lord would be loosed. But the angel that went to Cornelius, see, when, when you're arguing with religious tradition, you might as well hang up. You might as well just say, you know what? I'm wasting my time here. Because that's what you are. When you're arguing with a spirit of religious tradition, you're not going to win. When there's blinders on somebody's eyes, you are wasting your time. Because it is a supernatural issue. But when the angel of the Lord begins to appear to somebody, and somebody has a supernatural encounter, that is somebody. You see, you can, you can argue and debate scripture, but what you can't argue with is an experience. And when somebody's in their home and something appears to them and says, you need to, you need to talk to this person, they're going to tell you what you need to do. That, that supernatural experience is going to throw every bit of religious tradition they've always believed right out the window. And their spirit is going to be open. Their heart is going to be ready to receive the word of the Lord. It's not going to be debating. It's not going to be cramming it down their throat. It's not going to be any religious debate and all this kind of stuff that we so, that we so deathly fear. We are deathly afraid of, and that's another, that's another, we are so deathly afraid of somebody having a scripture that we don't know how to answer. Yeah. And we're missing it. We're missing it. Missing it. And when we look at the book of Acts, when we look at the pattern of scripture, God is wanting to go before us. He's wanting to send his angels before us. He's wanting his church to begin to pray and to believe that his angels are going to go ahead of us. I've just got to be ready to go to the place where his angels have already been. 
I don't have to seek out the person whose heart is hardened towards God. We can frustrate our faith and frustrate ourselves by trying to convert somebody that don't want to be converted, that's not hungry, that, 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 that thinks that they're okay, that is living in their self-righteousness and, and believes that they're fine. Our world is full of good people. Good people. God is looking for those that are hungry. God is looking down upon those that may have, have been very devoted in their life and may have all of their ducks in a row but are still hungry. That their religion to this point has brought them nowhere and has given them nothing and has still left them empty and dry in their spirit. And God is going to begin to speak to them. All we've got to do is say, Lord, send me. We have, oh, we have complicated. We have overcomplicated. The harvest. And we've allowed our faith to be frustrated by people who were never really hungry in the first place. And Satan says to us, see, people don't really want it. You see, this, this whole harvest thing, this is just, this isn't really, it's not what you thought it is. And, and Satan comes to us when we have a frustrating experience with somebody that wasn't truly hungry. And so we, we can wind up thinking, well, maybe, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm the problem. Satan is an excellent voice to come to people who, who likes to tell us we are the problem. Well, I'm, I guess, I guess I missed, I guess I messed up. No, 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 no. The people in the book of Acts were just as human as we are. As a matter of fact, they relied on the Old Testament as their scripture. They didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They didn't have the book of Acts to say, see, it says this. They literally had the Old Testament as their reference of scripture. But the Lord was working with them. The angels of the Lord were going beyond and were going before them. If I can tell you anything in the Holy Ghost, we, we, we believe the book of Acts. We believe in Acts 2.38, salvation. We've got to begin to believe on a greater level and to begin to continually practice and exercise our belief. And, 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 and when I say our belief, our practice of praying that the Lord would send an angel to somebody. Lord, oh, and say in prayer, and just mechanically, this is what I'm saying. Lord, I don't. They, they won't believe me, and they won't hear me. Lord, you've got to deal with it. You've got to send an angel to them. You've got to give them a dream that wakes them up in the middle of the night. I want us to stand to our feet. When the Lord goes before His church. When the angels of the Lord are beginning to move. Yes, and I'm not just being cute by saying the angels of the Lord. I'm talking about literal angels. I'm not just trying to be cute tonight. But a literal angel will show up. 
the angel of the Lord will begin to rest upon somebody's home and begin to talk to them. There are those of you here tonight, you got family that have been lost for a long time that you've witnessed to them and you've talked to them. You've told them about the book of Acts. You've told them about Acts 238 salvation. They don't see it and they don't want to see it. They don't even think they're lost. It's time for us to begin to pray that the same angel that went to Cornelius begins to go to them and begins to minister to them because when they have an experience with the supernatural they'll be willing to hear what you have to tell them they'll be willing to receive the good word of the Lord and be converted somebody lift your hands right now and begin to love the Lord hallelujah Hallelujah. Lord, let your angels be loosed in this city. Lord, let your angels be loosed in every lost family. Even right now, as we stand here, Lord, let an angel be loosed and dispatched. Hallelujah. This is what we've got to do. We've got to get to the point where we don't really care if somebody thinks you're weird or strange, but somebody's going to come to somebody in this room tonight, somebody in the next little while, and they are going to have had an experience that seems unexplainable into our flesh or our carnal mind, uh, uh, seems a little bit weird, but what you're going to do is you're going to look at them and say, that was an angel of the Lord, because I was praying just a few nights ago that the angel would come to you, and instead of thinking you're weird, they're going to say that's what it was that's what it was I feel the Holy Ghost right now there's going to be angels that are loosed in the city from the north to the south to the east and to the west they're going to be moving in this city they're going to be moving on your friends they're going to be moving on your co-workers it's going to begin to happen and you're going to tell them look I've just got something to tell you you got to be baptized in Jesus name you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost Hallelujah! Hallelujah! In the name of Jesus. This is what I want you to do right now. This is what I want you to do right now. In your family, on your job, people that you know that you have prayed for, maybe that you gave a Bible study to and it fell off the and it fell off the edge into nowhere and it never developed anything and it frustrated your faith. And you thought, man, I can't teach a Bible study again because that person heard what I had to say and they rejected it and they didn't want to live it and they didn't want to obey it. We're gonna to begin to pray right now that there will be a super natural intervention in the Holy Ghost 
that the same angel that went to Cornelius, Cornelius would begin to appear to them. Oh yes, I'm not just talking about something that doesn't sound weird. I'm talking about the angel of the Lord literally beginning to appear before somebody and say, you, you got to go back to so-and-so. They, they'll tell you what you ought to do to be saved. They'll tell you what you need to do. I'm talking about the real thing. I'm talking about real angels appearing to people. If we believe Acts 2.38, we've got to be able to believe Acts 10 for as literal as it is that God wants to dispatch his angels to people and literally appear before them. There's there's circles of Pentecostals that think that's weird. And for the life of me, I cannot figure out why. But God wants his church to truly operate like the pattern of the book of Acts. And that is the spirit of the Lord goes before us. That is the angels of the Lord move before us. It's not up to my flesh, my talents, and my abilities to win somebody. But somebody in this city is hungry. Somebody in your family or on your job is hungry. And they're going to come to you in the next week or so and they're going to say I had this weird experience can you explain it to me and you're going to look at them and say yes I was praying for you I was praying that the angel of the Lord would come to your house I was praying that the that the angel of the Lord would come to your job I was praying that you would wake up in the middle of the night with a dream that, that you need to be baptized that you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost of Jesus I pray that the same angel that appeared to Cornelius would come to the city of Springfield Illinois and begin to manifest to hungry people begin to manifest to hurting people begin to manifest to religious people in the name of Jesus Lord I pray that we would be sensitive in the Holy Ghost to take the message of Jesus name baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost to whoever you have been talking to.
Hallelujah. Lord, do it, God. Do it, God. Pave the way. Pave the way. Pave the way. Lord, if you'll pave the way, you can send me. If you'll pave the way, I'll go. If you'll pave the way, I'll tell them what they got to do. I'll lead them to Calvary. If you'll make a way for me. Lord, tear down every barrier, every fortress against the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Lord, send your angels forth in this city and in Sangamon County. In the name of Jesus. of the Lord are going with you. The angels of the Lord are going with you. The angels of the Lord are going to lead you to a harvest. They're going to lead you to somebody.
you catch my burden, I will go to them. You are my voice. Speak, and I will hear. Call upon me, and I will answer. Catch my burden. Pray for them. Behold, I come quickly. <laughs>
we really need to add this element to our prayer on a consistent, continual basis. If we believe the Word of God, God wants to do this just as He much wants to save people. He wants, he wants to pave the way, take those roadblocks out of the way that could not be crumbled by debate or swapping scriptures and proving to them why their way of believing is wrong. God's going to begin to do it. We're going to believe it. We're going to pray it, and we're going to believe it. And when you believe it, what you're looking for, you, you naturally will begin to say to yourself, I'm waiting for that first report. And, when, and if it happens to be you, you're not going to be skeptical, but your ears are going to perk up, and you're going to, the Lord's immediately going to quicken your mind, and it's going to tell you what it was. It was, it was probably last June. I began to pray in this direction. And... Um, Somebody walked in the door. It was on a Tuesday I was praying. I wasn't praying exactly like this from the standpoint of Cornelius, but I was praying about the angels of the Lord be loosed. Uh, matter of fact, what I said, I said, Lord, let the angel of the Lord be standing at the front door of the church to greet people when they come in. Right? That Sunday, we had a guest, the first time guest that came in. I shook his hand, and he said, right when I walked in the door, I knew I was supposed to be here. And the Lord immediately quickened my mind. Now, what we could pass that off is, is, well, people say that. We can find a way to rationalize the supernatural right out of our brain. To rationalize God doing something. But no, the Lord immediately quickened my mind and said, that's because there was an angel that was waiting right there that touched him as soon as he walked through the door. God wants to do it. And so we're going to pray it and we're going to believe it. And we're going to see reports of people that are going to start having sinners that are going to start having experiences. Or maybe people that, are, that are, are, are believing false doctrine, doing the best they can, but they're believing something that's not right. And they're going to have some type of experience. And you're not going to be, have to be shy and be bashful about it and dismiss it. But you're going to be able to look them right in the eye and say, I was praying that the angel of the Lord would come to you. You, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. We have nothing to be embarrassed about. You look at all the foolishness in our world today, all the supernatural foolishness and witchcraft that's displayed in Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. People aren't as, as freaked out about stuff as, as the devil wants to make us think. Right. Amen. Right. But things are going to begin to happen, and we're going to believe it, and we're going to keep praying it. And people are going to be converted because the angel of the Lord went before us and paved the way. And, and, and however the Lord wants to do it, we'll leave that up to the Lord. But we're just going to be ready to say, Lord, send me to that person. Allow our paths to cross. You won't miss it. We overcomplicate that. You won't miss it. All you got to do is be in prayer, be, be looking for the will of God. You won't miss it. The Lord will make sure that you don't miss it because he wants us to have revival and harvest more than we want to have it. He wants to save our city more than we want it to be saved. He wants us to stand right now to our feet. Hallelujah. I want us one more time tonight in receiving the word of the Lord. We're not just going to hear this and go, but we're going to begin to act on it and believe it. 
That means when you begin to pray for somebody, don't just say, oh, Lord, touch them. Now, that probably does about not very much, if not nothing. But when you're going to get specific and say, Lord, I pray right now that you'd send the angel of the Lord to them. To begin to minister to them and talk to them. Do what I cannot do. Break down every barrier that I cannot break down. Deconstruct every fortress that is built that is too thick for me to get through. But, oh, Lord, you have a way of supernaturally coming to somebody and proving yourself to them. All I've got to do is just, just be there and tell them what to do when the time is right. Let's lift our hands to the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus right now, I pray that our minds would be quickened. I pray that our spirit would be sharp and our minds and our spirits would be ready to respond to what you have for us to do. Lord, I take dominion and authority over fear, doubt, and unbelief. I bind it in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray that your angels would be loosed in this city, that your angels would be loosed on their job, that your angels would be loosed in their family, whether you appear to them in a dream or in a vision or you come to them in their home, however it is, God, we're going to believe it, we're going to accept it, we're going to act upon it, we're going to build faith after we hear the reports, we're going to believe it, and we're going to follow your word and your direction in the name of Jesus, and God, you're going to get the praise, and God, you're going to get the glory. I'm some wonder if somebody give him praise right now. Hallelujah. Lord, you're going to do it. Lord, you're going to do it. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Isn't the Lord good? God bless you tonight. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.